The Kansas City Chiefs are well into the draft process, and they're having in their 30-visit candidates. One of them is going to become a Kansas City Chief. Who's it going to be today on Locked on Chiefs? From the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked on Chiefs podcast. Welcome back, friends and neighbors. We are brought to you today by FanDuel. This episode and all of them are from the official sportsbook of the NFL. You can make every moment more by visiting FanDuel.com slash locked on to get yourself started. Today, we're going to talk about the 30 visits. What stands out to me? I hope you guys are ready for a fun Friday. We appreciate you making us your first listen. Check out another Locked On show for your next listen. And hey, we are free on every platform. Start with YouTube, like sub and hit the bell there and then check out the audio platforms as well lot coming down here i'm ryan tracy the founder of rogue analytics and performance consulting uh nfl 33 rgr football and maybe a couple things that i haven't even come up with i do want to share with you right off the top special deal that i have for you guys because your listeners it is over here at rogueapc.com the pre-order for my draft guide me and my entire staff have put untold hours into this draft guide We've stepped things up this year. It looks a little bit different. It's got some new information, as well as all the old stuff that you got to know on this draft class. You can check it out and get it today. It's pre-order now. It should drop on Monday. Code is MatrixLOC to go get yours right now. Thanks for checking that out. I want to talk about who is coming in and what it's telling us for the Chiefs' 30 visits. The top 30 visits are always a, a fun way. They do two things, and I do want to set this up before we dig into the prospects. There's two things that these accomplish. When you're at a pro day or the combine, everything is timed down to the second. It is a rush. It is just as fast as you can get things done. Depth and feel is hard to come by. So what a 30 visit does is give you an entire section, a day, maybe it's a half day, depending on how many visits you're having in a, in a given 24 hours, to spend time with the draft prospect and get things done, not just on the field, not just testing, but whiteboard, conversations, uh, testing for you know personality, intelligence, all kinds of things. But it gives you a lot more one-on-one. It lets you get a feel for a player, not just what he is on the field that you can observe from film. It goes a lot deeper, and I think it does two things. One, either confirms what you think uh, off of the film and the, and the athletic testing and lets you Uh, either plant the guy on the board or put a finished grade on him or maybe move him around a little bit, up, down, whatever you get. The other thing that it can do is it can tell you, hey, he's just not a fit here in Kansas City. We're going to take him off the board or we're not going to be interested until late in the draft, that kind of thing. It sets the range for a prospect, and I think that's really important. Uh, These are becoming more and more not just the – Uh, we want this guy, we're going to check him out, but this could be a weed out process too. If you have a prospect that is on the the verge, that's got some kind of negative that you want to make sure that you weed out and you check yourself, this is a good way to do it. And so we get into what they've been doing and we'll start with what is the topic of the week? It is the wide receiver position. And I just did a rundown of the tiers yesterday. So if you missed that show, go back and check it out because we are five days a week. And I, I want to mention some of the guys that came in. And first here is, is TCU's Quentin Johnson. Now, uh, a lot of folks feel that he's a top 10 pick. I've been, I've been going through these rankings all offseason, and I, I am pretty confident there's a chance that he falls down not only into the teens, but maybe into the 20s. 
is that a situation where the Chiefs might feel because of his size and his speed dynamic, he does have athleticism that they do covet, and it does go a long way in, in making it a well-rounded effort. I, I think there's some significant things there that you have to weed out. One is the drops. By having him in, you can weed out whether that's a guy that you want to go up into the 20s for, that you want to spend the draft capital to go acquire. I do think that's a significant possibility as the scenarios ring out in this draft. And we will have another scenario for you on Monday. Don't forget, it's Mock Draft Monday every week here. I'm going to take you through another scenario of what could happen. Quentin Johnson is certainly somebody you got to check out. The fact that they're not looking uh, to this point at JSN means that, uh, that they expect that to be a draft value that's, that's way too much to give up. But Johnson could be a different story. So that tells you that they are still, despite all the, the rumor to the contrary about the veterans that are out there, looking for a draft option at the wide receiver spot. And I think that's that's exactly where they should be. Johnson is one type of player, uh, oversized, overspeed, does a little bit of everything for you and can fit into this offense really, really well. But when I look at uh, the guy that might be the better fit, I kind of hinted about it yesterday. I do want to bring up that I see this is just as viable an option. And this is Rasheed Rice out of SMU. Yes, the level of competition is significantly smaller at SMU. But you have a few things going for you. One is athleticism. He is explosive in the short area. He doesn't have the long speed, maybe, that you're looking for from uh, Quinton. But this is very much a guy that fills in a role along uh, what we saw Juju Smith-Schuster do in that area of targets. And when I look at him at 6'1 and 204, I I feel comfortable that that is uh, a size that they can get to and that they can feel comfortable with. And let's be honest, by having two premier top 50, top 60 receivers in four visits, that tells you that they are looking for something that they can invest in in the first or second round. Those options become clearer when you get that time with the prospect, especially if you feel that there's issues with drops with Quinton, if there's a size issue, uh, an ability track issue with Rasheed. I think Rasheed had a a good start to the Senior Bowl. I, I think there's more depth to his film that they have to check out. But having two wide receivers in, I think definitely makes a difference. Now, who's the bigger difference that they can make that they've already had into the building? And I find it really intriguing. We're going to talk about Darnell Wright coming up right after this. But if I was going to bet, I'd have to do it right here, right now at FanDuel, because this is the time. The NBA is starting to heat up. You want to get in on the action. You want to do it at FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now they're giving you a no-sweat first bet. You enroll, you make a bet, and if it loses, you can earn up to $1,000 in bonus bets applied to your account right then and there. It's safe, secure, and easy to use the app, and those bonus bets just come back at you. You can roll them up into money lines or uh, threes drained. You could get who fouls out first or most often. (laughs) There's a lot going on there. But you put those all together in the same game parlay, and you can really run up your bigger payouts, get what you want. Don't miss this chance because that first sweat, no, that no sweat first bet is only available right now for up to a thousand dollars in bonus bets. If you go to fanduel.com slash Don, you can see it down here below. Fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook betting partner of the NBA. Betting on these guys is a fun part to see who could fall where. We talked about the receivers. 
Uh, we're going to talk about a couple of the guys that play some interesting positions uh, that might be special teamers and stuff coming up here. But what I want to get is to one of the premier positions, and that is my guy, Darnell Wright. Now, Darnell started out as someone that was compared quite dramatically to not only Orlando Brown Jr., but Dewan Jones, who's in this draft as well, out of Ohio State. When I watch his film, what I've come away with is the feet are markedly better than either of those players, yet he does have the size and he does have the weight behind him that I think you're looking for. The fact that they've done their homework does tell me that they're looking at the possibility of a first-round tackle. His name is Darnell Wright. Now, if I had to bet, I have to think that Wright is available at 31 more often and more likely than Quinton Johnson is. Uh, then we the discussions we've had about trading up for Paris Johnson or Broderick Jones, uh, possibly even Anton Harrison. So Darnell is a right tackle option that's more fleet of foot than he appears, has length, has power. And this is the flag that I think really sets on top of his mountain. And that is he stoned Will Anderson, and that is the big deal. His preparation, he's talked about in multiple outlets. Uh, check out Brandon Thorne and his conversation uh, in particular because I think he does a, a wonderful job with it of how he goes about preparation. And I think that's probably the differentiating piece here of why Darnell Wright is on the Chiefs' radar because they do want somebody that is thinking. Now, is he as athletic as, say, Juwan Taylor is? No. Is he more athletic than the tackles that they just let go? Yes. And that is the key significant thing. If you combine increased athleticism at the tackle spot, particularly in the lower body, along with better preparation and understanding the game to the point that you can dissect the best pass rusher in college football, that has to give the Chiefs an idea. Let's bring him in. Let's sit down and have a conversation about how he goes about preparing, not just what he does on the field, although I'm sure they went through a battery of tests as well. But I think spending that time, like they did with Trey Smith, on the board, I think is important as well. So I like the concept of another big body where, where you're going Darnell, Trey, and then Creed. That gives you a power side that I really like. Juwan's going to be a little bit more fleet of foot, as is Joe Tooney, right? So now you get a little bit more finesse, a little bit more uh, a side to the left that is different. And maybe that creates an imbalance. And a lot of coaches, especially line coaches, can say they don't want an imbalance. I understand that. But it gives you a good mix of power and athleticism as well. And that's what I'm looking for. So this is maybe the biggest development for me in these 30 visits to this point as I record this. This is a player that I think could not only be a fit, but be a staple on this roster. Wide receivers have a little bit more variability to them, especially when they're making the leap to the NFL. So I feel like what you see in an offensive tackle gives you a little bit more foundation, especially at this level. We're not talking about a third or fourth round pick, although I think there's some quality here in those rounds. They are all guys that need development. Donald Wright can walk in here and start. Uh, I think obviously there's a connection there with Trey Smith. I'm not sure what the transfer time was or how much that overlap was or, or if it was just a visit, but there's some kind of connection playing at Tennessee. So Rocky Top's got a couple of interesting players in this draft that I do think the Kansas City Chiefs could be interested in. Darnell Wright is probably at the top of the list as we sit here today. Now that brings me to the next guy on our list, and this is a position that I think we really, really need to pay attention to because 
it can go any number of ways. There are quality prospects all over the place. Some are high, uh, some are mid-tier. And then you get to what I think really is represented by B.J. Thompson. Uh, B.J. Thompson here, uh, not the greatest picture. Uh, this is in the Shrine game where he was attacking DTR uh, and getting a lot of good work done. Um, he's got the height. He's he's Spags height. He's six foot five. He's a little light though. He's more of a rush end weight at two forty. But I believe in looking at his frame, he can put that poundage on. It's he's not the the power power player. He's got a nice mix of power and explosion that I think could be a developmental guy. He's much in the vein of Josh Kando, uh, Malik Herring, guys that you're going to take late and take a chance on. Now. That's not just his pedigree. And a lot of folks are already writing him off because they see Stephen F. Austin next to his name. And yes, that is where he's finished his career the last couple of years. He started at Baylor. And so he's been in the Big 12. He understands the area. He's played at the, the D1 level up to that kind of competition. And I think that gives him a little bit more backbone than the average guy that's coming from Steve F., uh, uh, Stephen F. Sorry. Uh, that is more of a of a base setting of a floor setting i think i'm really intrigued by this one because um the film that i've been able to get is very grainy and it's very low quality but i like what i see on it and i think this makes sense for being a little bit more multiple in the past or something that i've talked about most of this off season about having a, a bit more combination of speed rush as well as the power rush maybe getting yourself the option to send them all I think the evolution of the Chiefs NASCAR package this year is going to be critical for their future and how they go about it, combining the Mike Danas and the George Karloftises and the Charles Amenehues now with Chris Jones. Now, do you get a speed option outside of that? Do you give a guy that can come off the ball faster? I think that's the direction that the Chiefs need to keep an eye on. Whether they pull the trigger or not, this visit likely went a long way in deciding because time spent with a player like this who's moved schools, who's adjusted to systems, and you have to project a little bit more. As a day three pick, I think it's really intriguing how he's come along. Now, that said, there are plenty of guys on day three that can be role players, that can be special teamers, and just might give you the upside that you're looking for. We're going to get to them right after this. Now's where the creativity comes in. When you get to day three, the scouting staff, the front office, they are looking for traits, one trait they can grab onto and pull you into the future with. And I like some of the visits they've already had in bringing guys in that do have something to offer. Now, this is Western Kentucky's Broderick Martin, a guy that popped on tape uh, this year and previously as well. And he's kind of the Derek Naughty mold. I think he's got a little bit more pass rush upside to him, though. If you are looking to add a low cost, uh, either nose tackle, one tech, or, or a really power block eating three tech. Broder can do all those things. And I do like the concept of bringing him in on a day three kind of, of draft selection to be a, a backup for Derek Naughty, who is getting older and is on a one-year contract. But you see that they didn't decide to let Derek go. Uh, Danny Shelton was in the back. Uh, Williams was in the back. Uh, backing him up, but they brought Naughty back because they have a role that they like for him. And even though it's probably considered two downs at most, uh, maybe with a little upside if you really need to get to it, Broderick Martin could be the next Derek Naughty who fills that role. 
And maybe he's able to evolve into something more along the lines of Colin Saunders if Joe Colton can get his hands on him and really get that development coming. I think it's a possibility. I won't say that it's a certainty, but you got to go with every possible that you have right now. So keep an eye out for him. Uh, I like the, the school itself uh, because it's churning out some NFL quality players that are way, way under the, the radar. Next comes another edge, a little bit more powerful, uh, a little bit more sizable. Um, a guy that's had five years in college at Pitt, and that's Deslin Alexander. And I do think one of the things that they look for there is a guy that can come in, possibly play teams, possibly give you some uh, refresh reps is what I call them. You're not looking for him to come in and be a starter. Uh, I don't even know if you're looking for him to come in and eventually grow into a starting role. You're looking for him to give you quality snaps at a short time frame to give your starters rest and protect that rotation. You're looking for a guy that can be counted on to not be, only not be a liability when he's on the field, but bring some leadership. And that is something that he has been uh, in his role at Pitt. And I, I like that. I think that the Chiefs are one of the few teams that do consider that C on the chest at the college level nearly as important as the C on the chest at the pro level. They look for guys who have been captains. They look for guys that can bring something new and different. I think that's important so that you don't get the dip off when you're, you're going to the backup, say, uh, in a third quarter and it's hot and you've had to, to rest your starters a little bit. You're looking for that consistency in that floor. And I think uh, bringing in Alexander, I'm really interested to see what, what we get in feedback, whether it's during the draft or after, to see what he brings. Now, those are the guys that stand out to me the most. There are others here in this list. I'm going to run down the list real quick. Uh, because I do want to point out a couple of things. Uh, there's a New Mexico safety that came in, uh, Jarek Reed. Um, all these jerks and, and Reeds are going to send me for a loop. I'm going to mess their names up. But versatile guy that can do a little bit of all. I see him mostly as uh, really a, a special teamer kind of guy. Uh, I don't even know that he goes in the draft. He may be somebody that they feel is, is fringe, maybe a priority UDFA that they want to bring in because he can add something. I do think, uh, as we were looking early on, we got uh, another Western Kentucky player, Khalif uh, Halasi, I believe it's is how it's pronounced, is the corner. Uh, another guy that I do think can be somewhere in that late day three into the UDFA range that can come in and, and bring speed and intensity and play the special teams. I think that's going to be important. One of the guys that's really, really intriguing to me, because I haven't been able to get offensive tape from Appalachia State, is their tackle, Cooper Hodges. And this is a guy that you don't necessarily hear much about, but when you do, it's all positive. Nobody brings him up. Nobody, nobody has mentioned him all season to me, except for one guy at the Senior Bowl who said, you know, keep an eye out on that guy. He's got some traits that you can build on, and that's the key here. I have to think that this is going to be a, a later-day pick. Um, you never know. The Chiefs are really good at about finding guys that, Sometimes nobody else is even on track for, i.e. Tyreek Hill. Uh, a lot there that you can can grab onto. But Hodges, I think, fits the bill. Now, there's a couple of guys that I think are a little bit questionable. Um, there's a speedy linebacker that came in in Jeremy Banks uh, from Tennessee, another Tennessee player. that um, has got some, some, some athleticism to him, absolutely. Would be a special teamer type. I don't think you see him as a guy that's going to play uh, significant snaps on the defense, but he would be somebody that can uh, be in a, in a specified special teams role. And I think that's going to come down to Dave Toe because there's some baggage that comes along with him. Um, so I think he is one of the guys that at the top of the show I was talking about is more of a, a rule out than a 
solidify your pick. Um, that said, the Chiefs are one of the teams that are, are willing to take uh, a chance on a player based on their culture and what they feel they can do. He may be one of them. And then the head scratcher for me is uh, the corner from South Carolina, Cam Smith. Um, Cam's a, a smaller guy, a guy that I think is a, a top 75 pick. Maybe he would slide to the Chiefs at 95, but I kind of doubt it. Um, so I'm very, very surprised to see them bring in a visit on a cornerback after having just drafted three successfully last year, and you still have Legereus Sneed. Now, that doesn't mean that's forever. Uh, Legereus has a contract coming up. Maybe you're trying to fill the coffers behind him in case, whatever. Um, but in a class that I think has pretty good depth, looking at Cam Smith as, as a as a visit when I do think he's going to go in the first two rounds, I think that's that's a little bit uh, perplexing. I'm scratching my head on that one a little bit. But if either they know something about uh, an issue that could cause him to drop that maybe we don't know about, or maybe they just really like him that much, he could be somebody that they look to bring in. So uh, that's the rundown as it stands now. They have more 30 visits coming up. We'll revisit this probably uh, next week or early the week after. Next Monday is when I'm going to do another mock draft, another scenario to see what the Chiefs are in business for or what one of the possibilities are. The draft guide is coming along. By the time that we have that mock draft, I should have it just about ready to deploy. I'm looking for Monday night. Please keep an eye out for that. You can go pre-order right now at rogueapc.com. You can get the athletic matrix as well. That is already out. And we'll have a giant update just before the draft as we build into that. But those are the guys that are in for the visits, uh, something that we don't talk about enough every year. And so I wanted to run them down specifically. So I appreciate your time. Check out another Locked On show for your next listen. Like, sub, and hit the bell on YouTube. Check out the scouting show. Go over to NFL33.com. That's where we're putting out our draft content. My draft board will be there for free prior to the draft. So make sure you get subbed. You will have to be a subscriber to get it, but it will be there. So... I'm looking forward to it. Enjoy your weekend. Be back here for Mock Draft Monday, and I'll talk to you then.